We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we're working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. As the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Well, Abigail, we are having another great conversation that's a little bit out of the ordinary tonight. It is. We like to think outside of the box. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you're welcome, guests. You know, <laughs> we'll see if you like it. No, just kidding. We have an incredible guest with us um, this evening. We have Latin teacher Lindsay Zweber with us this evening to chat a little bit about Latin, which I am sure many of you sit there going, why do I care? <laughs> right. So, Isn't that a dead, dead language? Yeah, I, Lindsay, tell us why yes. it matters. It's not. A, <laughs> it, it might be a dead language, but yet it lives on, doesn't it? Exactly. I well, I would love to talk about Latin. So, right. If it's if it's a dead language, then why do we still talk about it? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, we love to. Um, open that up for our students first, actually, and uh, and talk to the parents, too, about why in the world do we study Latin and, uh, and what purpose would that serve for the students? So mostly the parents are going to want to know the practical side of studying Latin, and there are many aspects to that. Um, it's not just Oh, if you have a career in law or in the medical field, you'll understand implicitly a lot of the verbiage that's used in the phrases, um, because that's very common. But there's more to it. Um, We find that students, uh, as they move on from Latin, they're acquiring other languages uh, very easily. I've been able to even sit in with our students after they leave Latin and move into uh, taking Spanish. Specifically, I've, I've been able to watch these, I mean, first-year Spanish kids doing things way ahead of their time. So uh, so the parents do like to hear about that side of it. But there's, there's just a whole world uh, to talk about with Latin language and how it serves students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, and I will say one of my favorite favorite things as a first year law student many years ago was coming home um, and showing off to my family that I was learning about in personam jurisdiction. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh! Do you want to repeat that? Oh, I was such. I, I was so that person. That it was so obnoxious. <laughs> but I think when you you've spent one whole semester in law in law school and you've just been kind of like crushed, yeah. it's really nice to come home and you know to other people feel smart Share for a minute. <laughs> Oh yeah, and so I, you know, something. Yep. So I, I walked around dropping that little bomb over and over, and now I often think, boy, if I had known Latin, a large number of these terms would have made far more sense to me. And what does that mean, right. by the way? Um, in personam jurisdiction, <clears throat> yes. So it's it's in person jurisdiction. So oh, jurisdiction over that the does person. Sound, that's that's one of those. Mm-hmm. Say the Latin roots that kind of make sense. Where yes, it, it sounds like the English word. Yes. <clears throat> But yeah. it still smell, it a term, sounds really good. Isn't though. there a term for that, Lindsay, when one of the words sounds like an English word? Yeah, the derivative. So there okay. there are so many. I mean, half the English language is Latin-based, and a lot of it's Germanic, and then it's kind of a jumble of other things. But but there, there are so many of those derivatives or root words that very young students are able to see when they learn the word in Latin, oh, wait, that sounds like, <laughs> and they light up because they can make an instant connection to their first language in English, oh, I've heard that, or that reminds me of. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes, the students guessing like that gets them to the right answer. And that's where uh, people love to brag about even SAT or other type of standardized Mm -hmm. testing scores for students who have had some Latin, they are uh, able to pick apart some vocabulary that they've maybe never seen before mm-hmm. uh, on these exams, but they can relate it to the Latin root word and go, oh, I think that, you know, because this has this stem, it must mean with that or without this. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's amazing to see the, the crossover. Mm-hmm. You know, that actually reminds me of the fact that one of the things I tell people about why we study Latin at Liberty is because... Um, it does have such a complexity about it. English language is word order dependent, whereas Latin is not. And maybe you could talk a little bit about um, the complexity of the language and um, how that plays out in terms of developing children's cogni- cognitive skills. Absolutely. So in English, we have to say things in a certain order for it to make sense. And when someone doesn't, it sounds strange or maybe mm-hmm. poetic. Mm-hmm. But or maybe poetic. Very good. In Latin, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, you can or maybe like Yoda. Kind of jumble things up. <laughs> Sorry, right? Like there is resist. no try, Rebecca. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Okay, <laughs> okay, John. Sorry, John, exactly. I'd like to mark down. This is, I think, our first ever Star Wars reference on education. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. And it wasn't by me. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Lindsay. Go ahead. So it's it's, uh, the the way that the words are structured, the word itself in Latin gives its meaning. So then when you switch the order in the sentence around, it'll still mean the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because the verb is the verb and Mm -hmm. the subject is the subject. Mm -hmm. And as you jumble that up, I actually think that maybe a relatable example would be in Spanish, you mm-hmm. wouldn't say the green dress, you would say the dress green. Mm-hmm. You describe it after you state the noun. And that makes sense in Latin. And so the students are actually doing quite a bit of uh, mental exercise to identify the words. And they're not just translating on the spot, they're reordering it into English in a way that will make sense. Because mm-hmm. if you were to just straight translate Latin 
into English, you will sound like Yoda. Yes. <laughs> so, so you have to then make sense of it. And this is such an amazing um, translation skill because this is how we acquire language. We have to make it make sense, not just in that uh, language we're acquiring, but in our own first language as well. So it's it's a top-level skill, and, and the younger, the better. These kids are doing a great job with catching on to what's being inferred. They're putting things into context so that even if they don't understand an entire sentence the first time they hear it, they can identify, okay, what do I know? And then start to work their way toward uh, figuring out the rest of it like a puzzle. And so it's it's really amazing. And yet that makes it sound like Latin is disorderly, and it's not. It is so beautifully structured, and it makes so much more sense than English. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's very rule-abiding, and the if there are any exceptions, there are rules to those exceptions, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not just a jumble, and it's not... Um, in its complexity, it's actually very organized. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe, maybe I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but I think it's important to know. Most people know that Spanish has their declensions, right? But then, um, or conjugations, sorry. But Latin has both declensions and conjugations. Is that correct? And am I, correct. am I using the correct language where it's like you're adding a prefix to a word and a suffix to a word and that's where you get a lot of the meaning so you could take like five english words and pack it into one if you've got the declension and the conjugation in some cases is that right right Right. so so the the way that that's different if someone most people if they have a foreign language it might be spanish i would say for for our listeners so Mm -hmm. so in spanish um your nouns are only going to be masculine or feminine and that's about as much as they're really going to change. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Latin, there is a whole table. I mean, think of it like applying a little code or something to mm-hmm. the noun that as you change the ending to the noun, it'll be either feminine, masculine, or neutral, neuter. Mm-hmm. And other endings can mean that it is just the noun as the subject or it is to or for the noun it is um, with the noun. I mean, so just by seeing a noun and its ending, you would understand what's being applied to it or how it's being used in the sentence, even down to part of speech. Isn't that amazing? Mm. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that really proves your point about it is very organized. It is a very organized language. And I think it's, um, it also helps us understand how it is so good for a child in terms of developing their problem solving skills, their adaptation, their ability to just think Um, they're, they're having to do the mental gymnastics as you, I think that's the term you used Lindsay. And I think it's really important that our listeners understand why is that so important? And it is because it is developing those deep thinking skills. Um, Right. Were you going to say something else? I was going to move on to another topic, but I can I can hold there if you've got something else you want to say about that. Well, I, I would love to say it, it plays into logic, and mm. we are teaching mm-hmm. our kids to be good communicators. We're teaching them to be good thinkers, mm-hmm. and so the the structure and all of the 
mapping that these students are doing in their heads or on paper while they're interacting with this language, it is very logical. Mm. And so uh, I, I love how that, that really is helping them move towards a bigger picture of being a well-rounded person. And uh, the, the structure is not for not, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, there's, there's um, really good application for mm-hmm. that. That's a good point. And mm-hmm. just for um, kind of context for our listeners, at Liberty Classical Academy, where um, Lindsay teaches, we teach Latin in grades three through eight, and they get their Latin, or the, sorry, their logic class in eighth grade. So to your point, all of this does feed into their ability then to learn logic in the eighth grade and have it make more sense to them. So that's that's a great con, uh, a great tie. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Another thing that we know about Latin is it does help students learn modern foreign languages much more easily. And because some people will say, well, okay, maybe I see the value of Latin, but I mean, do you teach modern foreign language too? And we do at our mm-hmm. school. Um, not all classical schools do, but we do. We teach um, S- Spanish and French at the high school level. And so how, Lindsay, how does this play into helping develop their skills to be able to learn a different and a more modern current foreign language? Right. So it's easy, I think, to see how if Latin is the the root, the base for all the Romance languages, you you can see the connection. I guess anybody who has read the French on their shampoo bottle, you can kind of understand (laughs) (laughs) what the, you know, the shampoo or the conditioner, the the little uh, lines on our products that are in other languages, you can sometimes piece that together just based on what you know in English or maybe if you've learned Spanish. And, And so imagine if you've spent third through eighth grade, six years of Latin instruction, and now you switch gears, it's not, you're not doing all the foundational work again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I, myself, I learned Spanish first mm-hmm. and Latin second, and I didn't have to start from scratch at all. And in fact, it was tremendously um uh, intuitive mm. to mm. add another language, and it's not just the Romance languages, though, because you are. Um, you mentioned part of speech or parts of speech, uh, vocabulary, um, understanding your grammar. These are these. This is the essence of uh, how many languages are taught. You have to have an understanding in grammar, and mm-hmm. if you have really. Um, dug deep while learning another language, you, you're able to apply those rules and you don't, you're not rebuilding the house every time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, it's an amazing, I mean, it's it, there. That's why some people, once they realize how uh, quickly you can acquire a third language, they're ready for the fourth because oh, you I can. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. You it's know, easy ramp up. Every once in a while you run into people who know, you know, five languages or something. And I'm always enamored with them because for me, learning languages did not come easily. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that much opportunity in our in our school. We didn't even, we weren't even given a foreign language, I don't think, until maybe eighth grade. And, mm-hmm. and so by that time, 
you know, it's kind of late. Yep. <laughs> learning learning languages is easier at younger ages. We know that. And it so, is. like you say, for us to lay the foundation in Latin from grades three through eight, we're setting the kids up for success in high school. And I didn't have that kind of opportunity. But um, I, I am always amazed by people who know multiple languages. So it's it's interesting that you point that out, that the foundation, you're not rebuilding. I like that, I like that line. You're not rebuilding the house every mm-hmm. single time you learn a new language. Um, you're building right. on kind of the same foundation. And that's a really good point. So, Lindsay, you know, people are probably thinking, okay, I understand now why this might be important, but how in the world do you get third, fourth, and fifth graders interested <laughs> in Latin? What do you do? And even oh, middle schoolers. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I love foreign language. And so to me, it's just... I get to share the joy with these kids. Like it is so much fun. So we get to, we have to meet the kids where they're at mm-hmm. third grade. Their first impression of Latin is very inter- interactive. It's energetic. It is songs. And uh, we're tapping into vocabulary that relates to their stage of life. So they're not learning about um, the vocab from Aeneas of Troy, right? They're <laughs> right. learning vocab about food and clothing, the weather, animals, and things that we're in Christmas right now. They're learning all the nativity words in Latin, and and this is this is fun. This is engaging mm-hmm. to them, and they pick up on it so mm-hmm. fast. These third graders, by fourth grade, they are able to get into grammar land a bit more and and we just we move with the developmental stage of the kid and mm-hmm. that's really important because acquiring language our first language that we acquired started when we were infants mm-hmm. and it we we move into the mimicking stage and that's what we're doing with our third graders follow mm-hmm. after me, repeat mm-hmm. after me, mimic, and they will. They have no embarrassment, no shame, no, they're, they're not looking at their neighbors. They, right. they will sing along to anything um, at the top that. of their lungs. And, awesome. <laughs> and so that, it's great. So the, the interactive um, and fun, engaging material for them just gets them in love with it. They, mm-hmm. they look forward to it. And then, uh, and then as they start to move uh, into fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth. Now they're working through um, translation. They're learning a lot more about um, ancient Rome and the culture. They, they start to learn more about the Roman family and what society looked like. And that's more interesting to them. They want to learn a bit about history by that age. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we grow up with them in, in the curriculum. And by seventh and eighth, they are studying original uh, texts they're translating them, but they're also able to, it's, it's really fun to watch that they can, uh, they can, their reading comprehension grows so much, which is such a, a huge skill mm-hmm. that, okay, so you read this thing in Latin. Did you understand it? Or were you just translating word for word one at a time? No, these kids are answering questions asked about the text in Latin and they're responding in Latin and they're able to pull from what they read and uh, and use that verbiage and um, and really really put it to the test. It's 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 very amazing to see. So mm. we we do keep a strong uh, foot in the door with the um, 
the grammar all the way through, but as it goes from the younger being more vocal and auditory, they grow up into that middle school finally with that capstone in eighth grade of being much more reading based. Mm. That is just incredible that in six, six short years, really, Mm -hmm. because I mean, Latin Mm -hmm. is not, well, I guess it is every day for a semester, but three days a week, second semester, but still to accomplish that much in six years is really incredible given it is a second language for these kids and uh, what a right. setup! What a setup for them, as as we've discussed, um, not only for future languages, but for being able to think deeply and logically and perform better on standardized testing. Which, as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, that is a consistent finding that students who have taken Latin do tend to perform better on not just vocab portions of standardized testing, but all portions of standardized mm-hmm. testing. And I think that's because of the critical thought that it takes to decipher. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about um, how you do it in an interesting way, which is so important. Let's talk a little bit about some of the results, not just in terms of what benefits these kids, but you give the National Latin, or we give the National Latin exam. And I have to say, Lindsay, last spring when you announced the awards, I was completely pleased and surprised at how many students won awards. And then again, as we talked about it, feeding into French and Spanish, how many French and students, French and Spanish students were winning national language awards as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really set our language program up for deep success for our students. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and what that entails? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the the National Latin Exam specifically is a, it's from a classical institute. It is a standardized test, but it is a good one. It's <laughs> great. And they, they have uh, participants from all 50 states, as well as, I don't want to misquote it, but I think it was 100 other countries wow. uh, participating in this exam where, uh, there, there are multiple different levels, and our students are, are taking, uh, I believe, what is considered to be, so the intro to Latin exam can be given at any time, so mm-hmm. they may be going up against some high schoolers who are taking Latin for the first year, mm-hmm. and uh, this covers everything from common phrases in Latin word usage, like those noun endings that we mentioned, mm-hmm. where if you change the ending, does that mean something different and and then uh, reading passages reading comprehension and translation and the students they, they just they they surprise themselves and that's the best part is that they get so excited to see how well they performed on this exam that um, they just they just get to kind of relish in all their own hard work and mm-hmm. and they do they they perform um Above average, I we had a student last year uh, get a perfect score. Unbelievable. I remember that. In fact, that's my assistant's son. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that is so amazing. I, I think that's got to be the first time in the history of Liberty anyway that somebody received a perfect score. Um, that's really phenomenal. Well, and just from a practical aspect um, as well as we're kind of talking about these because it's just so interesting 
to learn about Latin and all the different, you know, it sounds so theoretical. It sounds like, oh, this is something that people with lots of spare time do, you know. <laughs> but you, you listen to this and you are listening to how it is building in the not only the cognitive skills, but they're these students are doing something that's very unique. Mm -hmm. Most schools are not teaching Latin. Um, most schools um, don't have extensive language programs. Mm -hmm. And so to hear that our students are doing so well, um, you know, just from a practical aspect, you know, aspect, you know, as parents think forward, you know, these are the things that will set them apart when mm -hmm. you are looking at not only college applications, but entrance exam mm -hmm. and scholarship mm -hmm. um, opportunities, opportunities mm -hmm. for these students. To be frank, even great points to set them apart from other candidates, you know, 10 years from now mm -hmm. when they are applying for jobs, right. mm -hmm. when they can go right. and say, this is something, you know, what was, you know, what's one unique thing about mm -hmm. you? Well, you know, when I was actually in, you know, in my high school years, I learned Latin, and there have been many practical aspects that I apply on a daily basis um, from that education. And mm -hmm. again, it may be one sentence, mm -hmm. but to think about that's just, it's one further way that students can set themselves apart from other candidates in a variety of different ways that will, in a practical way, could move the ball forward for them. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And um, that's exactly right. I know you also you touched on it very briefly, but you also do go into the culture of ancient Rome. And I believe there's a special celebration that you usually per you do with your students. Is it in December? What is that celebration? So, I forgot the name. Yeah, this one will we'll probably, you'll probably want to edit this one out. So Saturnalia is a festival in uh, December, historically held over kind of the Christmas time. And we, I'll have to talk to you about this another time, but we are okay. not celebrating this okay. one. Okay. Because <clears throat> okay. it is, uh, uh, yeah. An, I didn't know it was honor to the god Saturn. So oh. we've, we've okay. had some discussion about how to pull this off and kind of Christianize it. And we'd yeah. rather stick with Christmas. So we're thinking about doing a Latin mass. <laughs> a, a Latin mass. Okay. Well, as long as they understand what Saturnalia is and what it represented, right. I think that that is important right. for the students because it was part of Roman culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes. as, as classical educators, we're not afraid to expose students to other viewpoints, but we always want to bring them back to, in our case, because we're Christian to the truth of scripture. And well, that's um, exactly that's, it. Mm -hmm. So when we teach the days of the week, every day of the week is named after a different God or planet or other mm -hmm. celestial body. And so we get to show students, this is how our days of the week are named. And it's after this God or goddess. Mm -hmm. And and then pull it all back and go to Genesis 1 and Romans 1 and show how the Lord created everything in seven days, yeah. in six and rested on the seventh. Mm -hmm. And and who is the creator versus, you know, society worshiping the created things. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really amazing to use Roman culture to illustrate to the students how this fits into a biblical context mm -hmm. and and how our society really isn't that much different. Mm -hmm. When we study ancient Rome, we can see uh, there's really nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and it's, uh, it's also really fun to show the students 
how it ties into the gospel because of the the references to Roman norms and Roman roads uh, when Jesus walked along the way. That was built by Roman soldiers, and mm-hmm. it's it's very um, uh, the kids do engage on the culture of it in uh, in a new way. It's mm-hmm. not just this dry stale oh let's talk about raw mystery it's, right. it's very um, there's a, there's so much to it so yeah. much to unearth so excellent Lindsay it's been very interesting learning more about how you teach liberty or how you teach Latin at liberty and just the importance of it and the value of it and the depth that it brings to students it's a gift it so is. thank you for being such an outstanding teacher and for joining us as a guest today. And um, thank you, Abigail. Absolutely. Everyone have a wonderful evening and feel free to listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or iTunes. Have a good night, everyone.